0: The scripture this morning comes from John 2, verses 23 through 315. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them, because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what is in man. Now there was a man of The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. Thanks Thanks be to God.
1: God. Well, today we are looking at the story of Nicodemus and him encountering Jesus. This is our sermon series that we're going through. Last time we looked at Peter and how he... uh, encounter Jesus as well and how Jesus gave him a new identity and a new belonging and things that are so core to who we are and so this week we are looking at Nicodemus's encounter with Jesus and ultimately it's our hope at the table that you would be encountering Jesus as well that these stories would find you in where you are that the Holy Spirit would speak to you in your heart deeply one of the things that I'm fascinated about in life is a horizon line Right, as the horizon defines so much of what we can or what we can't see, as we drive and visit family and then we're coming back to Denver, driving across the plains of Kansas, we know we're finally getting back to Denver and ultimately home when we begin to see the mountains come over the horizon line. It's fascinating to me, I visited uh, a friend recently in Ken Carroll, and when you get that close to the mountains, the hogbacks are right there, and you can't see the mountains that are right there, you're so close to them, because the horizon cuts them off, the hogbacks, the rolling hills that are right there, even though you're so close to them, in order to see these majestic peaks, you either have to go over the the rolling hills of the Hogbacks or go away from them so that you can see them. You need a change of horizon. I think this is what happens so often in our life, is that we're so close to something, our horizon line needs to be changed, our perspective is off. We live in this amazing physical world. There's so much for us, so much information for us to take in in life itself that we miss the invisible realities that are right next to us. Our jobs, our family, achievements, our health, food, travel, our social media feeds. They take up so much of our information that we miss the God reality that is happening all around us. We need a change of horizon. We need a change of perspective. Eugene Peterson says we need a change in our imagination. Imagination, he says, is the capacity to make connections between the visible and the invisible, between heaven and earth, between present and past, between present and future. Well, how do we get this change of horizon, perspective, and imagination? Jesus says in our passage, we need a birth from above in order to see who Jesus is. We need a birth from above to see who Jesus is. Jesus has performed a few signs in his ministry up to this point, and people are beginning to believe in him. But as our passage points out, Jesus doesn't entrust himself to them. He can see beyond the surface. He can see beyond the horizon. He knew what was in the a man, which is to say Jesus understands the, the short-sightedness of the human nature. And then we see Nicodemus come to Jesus and says, Hey, we believe what you are doing, these signs that you are doing, that tells us that you are from God. And he kind of makes this statement, and there's kind of the, the question underneath that, right? Like, is this true? Is this, are you really from God? See Nicodemus is a Pharisee, he's a ruler of the Jews. Jesus even calls him the teacher of the Jews. He's a pretty smart guy. He's accomplished a lot in his life. He's probably thought that he've seen everything and knew what God was doing and how he operated. Jesus says or Nicodemus says, "We know you're from God because you couldn't do these signs otherwise." And Jesus says to him, "You can only see the kingdom of God." if you've been born again. Well, this royally confuses Nicodemus. Return, Born again? Like, is that return to the womb? What are you saying, Jesus? Well, Jesus explains more. Now, this isn't a human birth, Nicodemus. This is a spiritual birth. I, I said again, but again also means from above. If you want to know what God is truly doing, if you want to see the kingdom of God, you need to be, born of the Spirit. See, Nicodemus had a horizon problem. He was extremely accomplished on this earth. He was in the upper echelon of Judaism. People would have respected him greatly for his religious knowledge and his accomplishments. Nicodemus thought that this is what was important in life, his earthly stature. But it wasn't the status that he needed, his education. What he needed was to be born again. He needed the Spirit of God to give him new life. This is grace. This is mercy. This is love. This is not something that he has earned, but something that God gives him, pouring out his love into his life. This is the external work of the Holy Spirit happening regardless of Nicodemus' earthly accomplishments. God is opening Nicodemus's imagination beyond the earthly reality to the god enhanced vision of the spiritual reality all around him i find this kind of hard to explain it's not the easiest thing to understand because we see kind of the materi- materiality the physicalness of the world around us so maybe an illustration imagine you're colorblind Bright reds or dull browns, you can't distinguish fuchsia from purple, there's no vibrance, nothing is saturated, it's, it's kind of like this, it's kind of like the dreary fall day sepia tone, but every day of your life. Well, and then someone hands you these Enchroma glasses And chroma glasses, maybe you've seen the videos online, are for colorblind people, and they put them on and they can separate the vast color variances that are out there. And for the first time in their lives, they're able to see the difference between indigo and violet, crimson and mahogany, gold and copper. One testimonial from the website, Dimitri V, as they've named him, said, Enchroma sunglasses have truly changed my perspective on life. My Morning Jacket sings a song in color on their new album. The lyrics are this. You gotta admit it looks better in color. All the rainbow appears. You gotta believe it sounds better in color. All the spectrum to hear. There's more to life than just black and white. So many shades in between. Yeah, there's more to life than what's yours or what's mine. Oh, and I wish everyone could agree. In color, in color, in color, in color. We need to see in color, and we can't do this by our own power. We need God to do this for us. We need the Holy Spirit to open our eyes, to give us a new horizon line to the God-enhanced reality happening all around us. But what specifically do we need to see? What does this change of horizon do for us? Well, we need to see who Jesus is. See, Nicodemus is still puzzled. He doesn't understand what Jesus is saying. He says, how can these things be? He kind of sounds exasperated. Come on, Jesus, just throw me a bone here. You're speaking in riddles. And Jesus kind of prods him a little bit. So, you're, you're the teacher of the Jews, right? Is this what I understand, man? This is basic stuff. This is earthly stuff. I'm telling you, what if, what if I told you about heavenly stuff? Do you think you would understand that? See, Nicodemus is still focused on the signs that Jesus was performing. But I think it's important the wording that John chooses says signs and not miracles, because John's pointing our eyes to something deeper something beyond the earthly, fleshly things, something deeper and more profound about who Jesus is. He's not merely a miracle-working rabbi in the first century. Jesus says he's the Son of Man. The Son of Man is a title that we get from the Old Testament prophet Daniel. Perhaps you remember Daniel and the lion's den. It's a very well-known story that we have, right? Right immediately after that, Daniel has been facing so much persecution as he lives in Babylon under the the very oppressive regime there. And he's wondering about who is in charge of this world. Is it uh, Belshazzar at that point or is it Nebuchadnezzar that he sees later on um, and experiences him? So God gives him a dream. And in this dream, there are four beasts that are fighting out. They're they're trying to, to use their power to destroy one another and rule the world. And then he sees God seated on his throne. And it says, One like the Son of a man came before him and was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that shall not be destroyed. What this means is someone in human form came before God in heaven and God gave them an everlasting kingdom. Jesus explains this back in John and he says, the only way for a son of man to ascend into heaven is if he's descended from heaven already. A God-man, a son of God. He says, that's me. Hey, look at, look at who I really am. I've come to heal humanity. Just like Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness so that the people of Israel would be healed during the plagues, I'm going to die so that you don't have to. Because God loves you. He loves the world so much. He sent me to display that love. So you can see and believe by the power of God's spirit and have eternal life. Jesus is the son of man. He's the son of God. The God-man who came to display God's love and give eternal life to all who believe in him. We need to see who Jesus is. The phrase that keeps bouncing around in my head is seeing is believing. Because I think just believing anything these days is really hard. We live in an age of disbelief. We're skeptics about everything. We're all our own experts in life. I have very good friends who are deconstructing their faith. Perhaps you have some that are doing that as well. Maybe you are one of the good friends questioning the belief system in which you grew up. i got to tell you, that, that's okay. It's okay to question and wonder these things. It's normal to doubt. But I also want to tell you to search hard for the answers. Maybe you're questioning the church and the religious hierarchy that you grew up in. I think Nicodemus was starting to do that as well. Maybe you're questioning everything you've worked for up until this point in your life. Wondering like where the solid ground is that's been taken out from under you. Where did jo- your job go? Where is your family? Where is your purpose? And you want to see what the most real thing around you is. Is that God? Is that Jesus? Is there more to this world than what our earthly eyes can see? What are you doing, God? To me, this yearning sounds like prayer. Prayer invites the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to the reality of God at work all around us. It changes our horizon line. It gives us perspective. It feeds our imagination. We can fall really hard into myopia when our, life, uh, when our lives blow up, when our lives are deconstructing all around us, and we need to lift our eyes above the you-know-what of life To be able to see God. This has been my prayer over the last three years that we've been in Denver. So I want to see what you're doing, God. I know you're at work. I know you've already been here. I want to join in your kingdom. Maybe you've never prayed before. Maybe you don't know where to begin. And honestly, sometimes I don't either. I don't know where to start. Our time together, though, this worship service, one of the things that we do here is train one another, all of us together in community, how to pray. This is one long time of prayer. I know it doesn't always feel that way, um, but that's what it is. From the call to worship at the beginning of the service, that is God inviting us into his presence and us inviting God here to be with us as well. To the very end, the benediction, that's a good word that sends us back out into the rest of our lives. This is us asking God to open our lives, to speak to us, to show us his kingdom, so that we can have our eyes trained when we go out from here. We hope our worship would guide you in these prayers. Take the guide home. Pray Psalm 2. Pray the confession and absolution. Pray the Lord's Prayer that we will uh, pray together after communion as well. This can be a guide for you outside of your time here as well. Pray them until the Spirit of God shifts your horizon and begins to open your eyes to what he is already doing in and around you. See, in the Garden of Gethsemane, just before Jesus went to the cross, he prayed these words. Father, remove this cup from me, but not my will be done, but what you will. This is Jesus praying for a new horizon line beyond the very near, very palpable reality of death on a cross. He wanted to see what new life was beyond the crucifixion, what resurrection life was there, and that God would Fulfill his promises in giving life to all who believe in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for your love and for your mercy. We thank you that your Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of those who look to your son, to call on him, to be able to see and believe who he is. Lord, we pray that you would um, work, help us work through our doubts, work through our skepticism, Lord, work through um, all the emotions that we have surrounding uh, who you are. We pray that you would show us that you would lift our eyes above the horizon line of life so that we can see the grace and mercy and love that you so desperately long to pour out upon us. And we ask these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.